Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody. Welcome one more time to an apostolic outlook. I'm Reverend Ted Tarr, and uh, uh, I want to thank you all for... <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I come in a little loud. Um, uh, Reverend Ted Tarr, amen, and we're here just to talk about the Bible and uh, answer questions and just have basically a good time with everybody. I do appreciate you all allowing me into your life and allowing me to come in and, and talk to you and for you and uh, about Jesus, you know, because uh, all that really matters is his glory and, and his, uh, 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 amen, purpose. Praise God. Amen, amen. I'm just an old-fashioned Jesus name, tongues-talking preacher. Been living for God since about 74, 73, somewhere in there. And uh, just, amen, I just appreciate this opportunity to come and, and talk to you and, and, and fellowship with you and, and, and get to know you, even though I haven't met a lot of you, uh, a chance of maybe a little communication. And if I can say something for Jesus and amen, uh, to help you, praise God, that's what it's all about, helping you get closer to God and in doing so, I get closer to God, and, and if you got comments, if you got questions, if you got anything, to, uh, a little feedback, I appreciate it. Get a hold of me on my email address. Is, uh, it's right up there up on top, Reverend uh, Rev Ted, rev.tedtar at gmail.com. Right up there, uh, my Facebook address is bit.ly forward slash Rev uh, Ted Tar. Uh, feed burner is um, uh, bit.ly. Uh, forward slash and apostolic outlook now pay attention to how the spelling is because uh, the capitals on the you know first part of all three words and our website is uh, geekyantics.net we also got a uh, um, uh, if you guys ever I know you're probably listening to this on uh, on YouTube recording but if you ever want to catch a live broadcast because we're kind of set up if you want to uh, send me an email and uh, type something into me uh, while the show is in progress, we uh, we launch these out two two o'clock every Sunday afternoon. Um, uh, you can go on Twitch dot uh, TV forward slash Geeky Antics. 
And uh, we start about 2 o'clock every Sunday afternoon. Yeah, we vary a little bit, <laughs> assuming we don't have any computer meltdowns. So we've got started as late as 20 after, but as a rule, it's right around 2 o'clock. So, um, hey, we appreciate you guys coming in to us and, uh, and uh, dealing with us and putting up with our mistakes and our shenanigans. And, and uh, uh, you know, hey, we're just trying to have fun and draw closer to Jesus. All right? Praise God. Let's open the show here to, uh, this uh, afternoon with prayer. Amen. And ask God's blessing and anointing. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We're so grateful for all your many blessings. We're so thankful for all, oh God, that you've given us, Lord, this opportunity you've allowed us to come into folks' lives, Lord, people we may never meet. But God, if, if, you, can, if you would anoint me and help me say, what's needed. God, I don't know men's hearts and lives and troubles and the directions they're going, but you do. Oh, hallelujah. I know you do. And I'm asking you, Lord, to use me and help me say and do and have the right spirit and the clarity of mind, Lord Jesus, to say something, oh God, that you might be able to help these people, Lord Jesus, and you might help them draw closer to you and we'll give you the praise and the honor and thanks in your most holy name, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, uh, oh, one thing. Uh, now, the, today's show is live. Here it is, uh, episode 22 already. Isn't that amazing? Things just rolling along. Uh, on January the 25th, uh, uh, now next week, uh, February the 1st, uh, I'm uh, taping and I'm not going to be live. Uh, you'll still be able to type in any uh, comments or anything on the uh, uh, email stuff and we'll get it and we'll answer it the following week. No, <laughs> I'm not taking a break for the Super Bowl. No, I'm not. I'm going down to see my mom down Tennessee. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, spend some time with her. I haven't seen her in way too long. So, uh, we're, ta we're taping it here during the week and, uh, it's going to be go on about two o'clock here next Sunday on February 1st. So praise God. Y'all pray for me. We're going to run about 1500 miles, something like that. So I appreciate it. And, um, praise God. We'll see you soon. All right. All right, now we had one question here answered real quick. Stan called in a question. And Stan, forgive me, I'm kind of paraphrasing uh, what she wrote down in this thing, but uh, can you have peace on the earth without God, and what kind of peace can you have? Um, is sedation the answer? Uh, Stan, in a word, <laughs> no. Um because uh, the Bible said explicitly in Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. There's no peace. There's just, I mean, there's this envy and strife and every evil work. Man's mind is so lustful and carnal and manipulative. And, and, and I know there are people who are trying to live for God, you know, but, you know, there's just, there's so much human nature gets in the way that there is no real peace on the earth without God. Jesus gave us the only answer to peace in uh, John 14:27. He said, "Peace I give unto you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth I unto you." That's St. John 14 chapter in the 27th verse. You see, 
you know, there's just, there's just so, and we can't mandate peace. I mean, you can make rules and regulations and, you know, order people to, to not fight. You could take away all the guns and, and man, they'll start coming at each other with uh, knives and swords. You take away all the swords, they'll start coming together with sticks. You can ban sticks from uh, out there. Man, they'll grab a rock, you know. I mean, you know, you take away all the rocks, they'll try to throttle you. But, you know, there's no peace. I mean, in anger in, in mankind. See, you can't mandate peace from the outside. Peace has to come from within. And only the love and grace and the, the fullness of God in your heart can give you true peace in your life. Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, where uh, Paul said to the Thessalonian church, who was going through a terrible time, terrible persecutions at the time, and Paul said, come rest with us. Hallelujah. Or that rest is, 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 is just have a, some quiet. Have peace have see no matter and and the wonderful thing about the peace of god you can have everything in the world going wrong and coming at you and coming against you but if you have the peace of god in your heart and in your life that gives you the power to smile and just amen knowing that it's just a temporary thing hallelujah paul said that light affliction uh, that comes against us, we just endure for a moment. But knowing that it, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness in our life. Praise God. Uh, Isaiah prophesied of that peace that Jesus would send us in Isaiah the 28th chapter, verse 11 and 12. He said, now this is Isaiah in the Old Testament, so it was a, a prophecy probably 600 years before Jesus even came. He said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is the rest whereby to cause the weary to rest and the refreshing. Do you want true peace? If you want rest, you know, peace is an absence of turmoil. Peace is an absence of, of, of fear causes um, unrest, uh, undecision, uh, um, not, uh, not the unknown causes a lack of peace. If you want to know who is with you and who is fighting for you, if you have Jesus within you and he will dwell within you when you receive the Holy Ghost, if you want true peace in your life, receive Jesus. Hallelujah. He will give you rest. He will give you peace. He will help you overcome what you need. And he said, another second part of that question, is sedation the answer? Now, Stan, I'm assuming you're talking about um, drunk, you know, either through drink or, or uh, drugs, you know, getting high. You know, people want to take a break, um, uh, sedated, you know. <laughs> and yeah, uh, you know, a, a, a good drunk will give you a little peace of mind. But the trouble about that, that's only just for a few hours. A good buzz will take your mind off your problems. The trouble is, then problems will be back. And, you know, when you come down, but you'll be poorer. And you'll be, well, you know, uh, sometimes them, I did them drugs when I was a, uh, a teenager. And sometimes you're pretty <laughs> whooped. When you, when you come off that buzz, you know, uh, and you can stay up for days. I stayed up for close to a week one time on, 
on the speed and stuff. And when I came down, I crashed hard, and I was a wreck there for a while after. So you see, there's no permanent peace. There's no permanent rest in any of that stuff. Hallelujah. Not to mention the physical toll it takes on you. I mean, you can say, I can, I'm going to stay drunk. You know, well, yeah, maybe for a little bit until you give yourself liver cancer or, or, or uh, you know, I'm going to stay high and until you ruin your lungs with the smoke or burn up way too many brain cells and you're just an imbecile. You know, yeah, I know. Yeah, Obi, that's right. You need to go cross-eyed everywhere and slobber a lot, you know. I don't know. That's not real peace because uh, the simple-minded folk, they have their own problems too. The only real true peace is in God. Hallelujah. So no, there is no peace without God. Not true peace. That's what, And that's the question. True peace. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, guys. Uh, remember, we've been talking about uh, the principles of the doctrine of Christ over the last few weeks. And uh, our key scripture that we've been launching out in. Oh, and uh, now... I kind of messed up a little bit, so uh, give Obi a little break here. I didn't turn in my list of, and this is a huge subject today. This is <laughs> this is way big, um, and I didn't turn in my list of scriptures till just a few minutes ago, and I got reprimanded. Don't worry, we'll make it better next time. But um, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was nice about it. I mean, what's he gonna do to Dad? You know, but. Um, uh, so he's going to be getting them up there. You know, uh, Obi, is that going to be here, the scriptures, or there, the scriptures? Okay, the scriptures are going to be over there. Oh, okay. All right, the main, um, uh, type, the main scripture is going to be right up there along with my email address and all that stuff. And then all the uh, extra scriptures are going to be over there, praise God, uh, to help you all look this up. And uh, all right, Hebrews 6. Verse 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, principle number 1, and of faith toward God, principle number 2, of the doctrine of baptisms, principle number 3, and of laying on of hands, principle number 4, of resurrection of the dead, principle number 5, and of eternal Judgment, principle number six. Now, over the last few weeks, we've covered the first four. Uh, repentance from dead works or, or turning away from religion and, and having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. It's not a matter of religion. It's a matter of a relationship. Praise God. Having Jesus in you and living and serving him as your God. Praise God. Faith toward God. We talked about what faith is all about and how important it is. And you can, over the last couple, three episodes, you can uh, delve into them more deeply as I covered them. The doctrine of baptisms and the doctrine of laying on of hands. Praise God. Now, these are all important. These are all fundamental truths, fundamental foundations of the doctrine uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, but the one we're going to study now is, oh, man, huge. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the most things that the whole Christian church was built on, all right? Resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. I mean, this is, all, this is what it's all about. This is what the, 
uh, apost uh, the, the, the Christian church. I mean, I say apostolic. I'm talking about the people, uh, the church that was uh, founded on the day of Pentecost, approximately 33 A.D. And the resurrection of the dead is is the one of the fundamental truth. It's what, I mean, First uh, Corinthians uh, 14 17 says, uh, if the dead uh, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith also is in vain. Verse 16, And if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. My Lord, my Lord. So you see, the resurrection of the dead is what we're all, it's all what it's all about. Knowing that this life is just a fleeting moment. It's not this life that matters. I mean, we live for God in this life, and, and we, uh, we you know, occupy. We have this life. This life is precious to us. But you got to remember that this is just a doorway. This is just a gateway. This is just, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. If we have five, you know, I'm 60 years old. I don't care if I live to be 160. Compared to eternity, that's nothing. That's just a, a little dust of wind. It's nothing. Praise God. And the fact that, that we have the faith in God that there is going to be a resurrection, that everything that we do in this life, praise God, we got rewards for it, hallelujah, in the next life. This life is carnal. This life is temporal. This life is just temporary. The next life is spiritual. The next life is immortal. The next life, oh, hallelujah, is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Praise God. Wise old preacher once told us, told me one time, or I, it was a message or something I heard, but, you know, to get a little comprehension of eternity, imagine the whole world, there is a giant steel marble the size of this earth. I don't know how, they, you know, thousands, thousands of miles. I think this, what they say this earth is 25,000 miles across, okay? Something, you know, forgive me if I'm off there, but it's something like that. And this is steel ball bearing this big. And a sparrow comes by and brushes this, that steel marble, once every hundred years and doesn't come back for another hundred years. By the time that steel marble, that ball bearing 25,000 miles across has been worn down to nothing, that's just the start of eternity. Hallelujah, I know <laughs> our minds can't comprehend that, but that's the promise that we have, an eternity with God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We live in this life, we live for God. He's given us the opportunity to live for him and rejoice in him. But as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. It's not about this life. No, no, no. It's not about this life. It's about the life over there. Hallelujah. We use this life to glorify him, praise God, and get ready for an eternity with God. Praise God. Now, the resurrection of the dead, 
is actually one of the oldest doctrines in the Bible. Uh, there's a man um, in the Bible by the name of Job. Uh, now, the book of Job, was they figure, was written by Moses. So this is approximately 2,000 years before Christ. And Job was written, uh, and it was an old story when uh, Moses wrote it. So we don't know exactly when Job lived. We do believe that he lived because Jesus mentioned Job. I mean, uh, uh, the Apostle James in the book of James in the New Testament uh, made mention of Job. So uh, Job was a, a, a real man. And Job said in the 19th chapter and in the 25th verse, now we all know the story of Job. Job was a, a righteous man and lived for God with all his heart and, and, and was very conscientious and God had blessed him in mighty, mighty, mighty ways. I mean, he had, he had just diversified. He had camel trains and, and oxen and um, uh, he was sheep, you know, for flax and wool. And he was just a mighty man and blessed of God and he never did nothing wrong till Satan came by and and uh, asking God, and uh, you know, uh, God asked Satan, uh, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm going to and fro." And God pointed and said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And you say, <laughs> "Why in the world would God point Satan to Job? Why in the world would God direct that evil?" horrible monster toward a righteous man why does god direct allow any one of us to go through temptation and trials because he believes in you he believed in job praise god uh first uh, corinthians uh and i know obi this is all stuff that's coming off the top of my head but first corinthians ten thirteen says there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man but god will with the temptation make a way to escape god believed in job god knew that job was able to do it and so he allowed him to be his fortune destroyed uh um, through fire and uh, tornadoes and enemies to come and steal everything he had and strip him blind. And his whole family died. All his children, his, all his sons and his daughters all died and just left him with nothing but a griping old grumpy wife, you know, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. But, you know, uh, just one more thing to persecute him, you know. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, you know, I've been married for 40 years, so I understand. But, um, uh, uh, so Job is just suffering. He is suffering. And he had gone through some terrible times. He had said some over here in the 17th chapter, and it was one of the low points in his life. And he said, My breath is corrupt, my days are extinct, the graves are ready for me. I mean, he was feeling low, man. He was feeling down. But let me tell you about this. Let me show you this wonderful, wonderful scripture. In Job 19, verse 25, Job says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet 
in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself. Mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Hallelujah, there was a confidence. Because Job said, even though all that stuff, the Bible tells us explicitly in the second chapter, Job would not let go of his integrity. He said, naked I came into this whole world, naked I'm going to leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He never cursed God. He knew God was going to take care of him. And he knew here in this night, he expressed it. And for all of us to read, that though after my skin worms destroy this body, because that's what happened. You know, this old body's made of flesh. This old body's just going to go back to the dust where it came from. And But he said, in my flesh, God's going to give me a new body. God's going to get me up out of that old grave, and I'm going to see him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, there's a uh, in Psalms. Let me let me read this for you real quick. This just popped into my head. Psalms uh, 17 and 15. David wrote this. Now King David and Job. Maybe these are all hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came, before uh, the the Holy Ghost fell. And uh, David said in Psalm 17:15, "As for me." I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. In other words, he knew that when he went to the death, when he went to the sleep called death, and it didn't matter if it was today or next year or a thousand years later, when I awake out of that sleep, I shall be satisfied if I can just behold thy face in righteousness. See, that's what it's all about, guys. That's what it's all about, being able to go to sleep. And that's why Paul said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Over in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Hallelujah. When you're living for God and have the assurance that there's going to be a resurrection of the dead, there's this old body may go to sleep, <laughs> you know, death is, it. you know, when you're right with God and at peace with God, I guess that ties in your question you had there, Stan. If, if you have peace in you, not as the peace, not the world's peace, but the peace which God gives, you know there's nothing between you and Jesus. You know that there's, there's no nothing that would separate you from God. And you know that don't matter how long I go. This old body may return to the, you know, if you die at sea, they dump you in the ocean and the fish eat you up and man, you just gone. But you ain't got to worry about that old body. This old body's just flesh. This old, this old ugly hands, this old broken nose. I mean, <laughs> praise God, these old bad lungs. I ain't got to worry about them for eternity. I'm going to have a new body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That the resurrection that David and King David and Job hoped for is the same resurrection that Jesus proved when he, praise God, got up from the dead. Uh, Haley, in, um, uh, it's a Bible handbook. 
that uh, was written, Haley wrote that the resurrection is the most important event in human history and is the capstone of the Bible. All of history before Jesus came and allowed himself to be crucified and got up out of that grave was pointing to Jesus. Everything since that time is looking back at Jesus. That's why a famous old preacher by the name of Johnny James wrote that uh, the birth, life, and death of Christ is the centerfold of eternity. Hallelujah, because everything coming before was looking at it. Everything going away from it is looking back to it. That's the thing that fixed everything. Jesus, the first fruits from the dead. Jesus, the one who death could not hold. Jesus, the one that allowed himself to be murdered, the most heinous crime, the most terrible thing that this whole world has ever seen. A man who was perfect, a man who was innocent, a man who had never done nothing wrong. The Bible said he knew no sin, but they murdered him. Praise God. And he said, hallelujah, don't worry about me. I, amen. I don't pray that God takes me from this purpose, but for this reason, came I for this purpose came I into this world that I might offer myself the, a sacrifice and redeem you from iniquity that's what God loves you guys God loves you and he came so we could live he lives so we could live let's look at some of the things or first in the resurrection of Jesus because Jesus was a type of the first fruits of the resurrection. As we read in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus, hallelujah, in verse 19, says, 1 Corinthians 15 and 19, says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Hallelujah. Because Jesus got up, we have the promise that we'll get up too. <laughs> Man, thank you, Jesus. He paved the way for us because he got up. Because he lives, we shall live also. Now you think, well, no, I don't believe that Jesus, he might have been a good man. He was probably a pretty uh, decent fellow, and he was probably a pretty mighty prophet, but he was no different from Muhammad or, or Joseph Smith or any uh, Moses or Elijah. He was no different from any of the prophets of God that, 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 that uh, you know, might have been good people and, and, and might have uh, done wonderful works for God. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus was different. He wasn't just a prophet. He was God manifest in the flesh. Hallelujah. You can go to Muhammad's tomb. Probably not much there. Probably just a pile of dust, but there's dust there. That's where he lies. 
You can go over to Moses if you could find Moses' tomb. That's where Moses is. Elijah, all them prophets, all them people who tried to do great things, people who, um, you know, whether true or not, whether they uh, anointed themselves men of God or they were men of God, uh, but they, they moved things. They, they made a mark in history. You go to their tomb, that tomb is empty. I'm here to tell you guys, Jesus, the tomb they laid him in, the tomb after he agonized that horrible, monstrous six hours on an old rugged tree that we know is Calvary, and they laid him in it. Three days later, he got up. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he's alive. Like the angel said when they came to look for the body of Jesus and anoint him for the final embalming and for burial after he'd been dead for three days. The angel told Mary and the other women, Behold, he's not here. He is risen. Hallelujah. And he's alive forevermore. Now look at this thing as witness. Now, I'm not going to go. We got such a, it's so many. Basically, if you want to look at the resurrection and the proof of the resurrection of Jesus, you basically go in the last uh, chapter of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The last chapter. And you can see, by uh, uh, he was probably, uh, it's one of the well, most well-documented things of, of history because he was seen that we know about that were recorded 10 to 11 times. No telling how many other times he was seen because um, in Acts, the first chapter and the third verse uh, says, Acts 1 and 3 tells us, to whom he also he showed himself alive after his passion or after his you know crucifixion by many infallible true proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of god so this was just not some flash in a pan this was not just you know, these people worshipped and followed Jesus, and after he died, this was not just a mass hysteria or hallucination. I mean, this is for 40 days. And he was seen by women, uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary's own mother, a lady named Salome, a na lady named Joanna. Well, you can, like I say, in the 28th chapter of Matthew, in the 16th chapter of Mark, in the 24th chapter of Luke, and in the 21st and 20th and 21st chapter of St. John, you can read and just look at all the people who saw and talked to, and Jesus talked to them. But you see, he had a different body. He had a glorified body, which is, gives us an example of the kind of body that we will have after the resurrection, a body that time and space has no hold on. Hallelujah. Jesus could come and go through closed doors, through walls. I mean, at an instant's notice and just appear and disappear. He could eat. He could, they could touch him. They could hold him. They could see the scars in his hands and his feet. They could put that, uh, touch that space in his side where they rammed that spear. Hallelujah. But he had a new body. Praise God. Praise God. Imagine that. Hallelujah. Having a new body. I mean, he was seen of them people for 40 days. 40 days. And as a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians uh, 
15, uh, the fifth verse, uh, Paul tells us, and he gives us a little list of all the people that saw Jesus. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 5. Uh, okay, we'll start in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 15 and 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Because everything Jesus did had been prophesied for thousands of years before. I mean, from his birth, talk about... Um, you know, of a virgin in Isaiah uh, 7 to Micah where he was born. He's going to be born in Bethlehem to all the places in Psalms that talked about uh, how he was, how he lived and how he died and uh, just, you know, <laughs> countless places in the Old Testament where they, uh, I don't know how many, somebody figured up, I guess it was a, uh, 40 or 50 uh, scriptures uh, where it talked about prophecies of, of Jesus. And it may be more than that. I'm sorry. I'm just trying not to overshoot it and make wild extravagance. You can see it's just many, many, many scriptures. And he fulfilled every one of them, which also proved that he was the Christ. Hallelujah. The Messiah, the anointed one. God manifest in the flesh. But we'll get back here. Uh, verse 4 and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, which is another name for Peter, the Apostle Peter, um, and then of the twelve. And after that he was a scene. Look at this. This is not an hallucination. This is not just mass hysteria. He was seen of above 500 brethren at once okay you say well somebody hypnotized all these people and allowed them to see jesus no this is over a 40 day period he was seen time and time and time and time again hallelujah which verifies that he got up he's not dead he is alive hallelujah and because he lives we have the promise that we shall live also, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. This is the Paul talking. Now, you got to realize uh, Paul was saved probably 10 to 15 years after Jesus went back up to heaven. But if you look in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, I'm sorry, Obi, I forgot to write this down. But uh, when God called uh, Paul, which in the ninth chapter of Acts, he was called Saul of Tarsus. And he knocked him down on that road to Damascus. And Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And Saul said later, I think it was in the book of Galatians, that he was three years in Arabia being taught by the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And, and so Paul said he saw him. All them people, that's not hypnosis. That's not mass hysteria. That's not hallucination. That is a witness. Jesus got up. It's a verified fact. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, the reason he came, we'll look over here in 1 Corinthians 15, 
praise God, which we read already. As in Adam, all die. This was 1 Corinthians 15, verses 19 through 23. In Christ shall all be made alive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, over in Hebrews, I got a great little old scripture for y'all. Great little old scripture. Hebrews, the second chapter, starting in verse 15, 14. Look at this. Look at this wonderful thing that God did for you. <laughs> you say, why would God do that for me? He did it because he loves you. And he knows that you're flesh and blood. And he knows. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me too. Probably me more. Praise God. We're toned to failure. We're toned to weakness. We're, we're, we're you know, we, just, we mess up. But because he came and he gave us the right to live him and be with him and serve him. He has given us this great deliverance. Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same. God wrapped himself in flesh and blood. We are flesh and blood. We have this old carnal body. He took Likewise, in part of the same. And through death, that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them for us, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What is the one thing that has terrified man? Hallelujah. This old weakness, this old thing, we're staring at death in the face. But I'm here to tell you, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, saints and friends, that when you have Jesus, hallelujah, and you've got, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you've received his spirit, which we know as the Holy Ghost, and you're living for him. Praise God, you're not subject. Hallelujah, I don't mean you ain't going to die. Hey, if God don't come, we're all going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, which is next week's lesson. But uh, it says we're appointed to die. But praise God, you don't have to fear it. Hallelujah. He takes the sting. He takes the fear out of it for your life. You can have peace with God. Isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? How many people, I, you know, I've seen people who, who've lived a high and mighty life and man, they had control and they ruined more lives. And, but man, you watched them on their death and boy, there's just a dread and there's just a fear when they're on their deathbed and there's a loathing and there's oh, an anticipation. You can see a look of horror on their face. And I've seen children of God who have lived for him and know they haven't done nothing wrong, and know they are at peace with him. Praise God. And they'll just smile, and they just go to sleep. That's all death is when you belong to Jesus. It's just asleep, knowing that there's going to be a great awakening. There's going to be a blessed resurrection morning. Hallelujah. When God himself is going to call and get you up out of that grave and give you a new body. Thank you, Jesus. And 
Hallelujah will be forever. Your God and you will be with him forever. Look what Jesus did also for us over in Hebrews the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4, 14. Amen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold on to our profession. Let us hold on to what we have in him because it's worth it. For we have not a high priest. Remember, Jesus is our high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You know, we don't have a guy who don't understand what we go through. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. He knows what you go through. He was tempted. He even tasted death for you. So he understands your fears and your dreads and your inadequacies. Verse 16, look at here. Let us therefore come boldly. Hallelujah. With the name of Jesus. When you are at peace with God and you know that he's taking care of you, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, man, it's worth it living for God. It's worth it. Hallelujah. It's worth it living for God. It don't matter who don't like it and who don't believe it and who ain't happy about it. As long as God is happy with you and you're happy in God, my friend, praise God, it is worth it. We got one more little tetanus, uh, tet, uh, testimony of a witness of uh, Jesus over here in Revelations. Nah, we're not getting deep into Revelations. Revelations ain't really all that uh, mysterious when you understand the first verse. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's five words in the book. Praise God. Helps you understand the whole book. The whole book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who he is, what he did, what he'll do for you. Uh, yeah, I know we get kind of freaked out. and Movies have been made and people walk around in dread and fear all the time of uh, the tribulation and the vials and the seals and the wrath of God and, you know, men's hearts failing them for fear, asking the mountains to fall on them. I'm here to tell you guys, if you're at peace with God, you ain't got to worry about this stuff in this book. Praise God, because you're going to be home with Jesus. That's the wrath of God on the wickedness of the world. That's going to fall on them. If you're at peace with God, he's going to take us out of here before any of that happens. But, okay, I got a little sidetracked. Revelations 1 and 13. Here's another witness. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, remember we're talking about Revelations 1 and 13, right over there. Um, one was like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment upon his foot, and girded upon the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool. This is the glorified vision of Jesus. Uh, his eyes were a flame of fire, his feet like fine brass as it burned with a fire, his voice a sound of many waters. Hallelujah. Let's skip down to 17. When I saw him, this is John talking, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me saying, 
Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Who else is that talking about but Jesus? And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and hell. That's one thing that Jesus did when he got up from the dead. Praise God. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. What does keys symbolize? Keys symbolize the ability and the availability to unlock the door. Praise God. <laughs> the hell or the grave is no longer a locked place for us. Praise God, because Jesus got up from the grave and he now has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Praise God, you're not condemned to that prison for eternity. Amen, that's just a low waiting period. That's just a little old blip in your, in your radar, if you want to say it like that. Amen. You have the full assurance that because he lives, you shall live also. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got a few scriptures real quick, and I know we're running out of time here. Um, a few places uh, that were just a little verification of the fact that they constantly preached. Praise God. This is what the apostles preached. They preached the resurrection of the dead. They preached, that was one of the main um, focuses of the apostolic, of the early church's message, was the resurrection of the dead. Many mocked, many didn't like it, many felt condemned about it. But praise God, it was a fact anyway that because he lives, we shall live also. I'm going to be over here, and like I say, give Obi a little time. I put him behind, so... Uh, uh, over here in Acts twenty, uh, Acts two and twenty-two, uh, this is Peter talking on the day of Pentecost when they're all when the Holy Ghost first fell. I said, "Ye men of Israel, hear these words." Acts two and twenty-two. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God by you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, and ye yourself also know. I mean, Jesus had just been crucified. 50 days before this, he had done, he had touched thousands and thousands of lives, all the people that he had preached to and told the wonderful news of the gospel, told them how to live, healed them either physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally, fixed their the problems. And you know him, him being delivered in verse 23 by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, have ye taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain who God hath raised up, being loosed from the pains of death. Praise God. They preach Jesus resurrected over in Acts, the fourth chapter. This is Peter talking again. Let's give you a few scriptures. And like I say, you can check. And I'm just, it's just a few of the scriptures. Praise God. The whole book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles of Jesus Christ, the 12 that he had anointed to spread this word, the 12 that he had commissioned, praise God, to be his hands and feet and to be his voice after he went back to heaven. The, vo uh, the voice of the one is a man who could, he never traveled more than 50 miles from home, the man Christ Jesus. He was just flesh. He was just a man. 
I mean, he was God, yes, but he was his limitations of flesh. But when he came back as the, in the form of the Holy Ghost and he, was, he would be inside not only these 12 apostles, but every disciple, every follower of his, he would be in them. And then, and then he would be able to be that voice, be those hands, be those feet, be that loving arms that could hold you and tell you about the love and the mercy and the compassion of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Jesus said, I, uh, I go away, but I will come again. Hallelujah. I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come unto you. That's over in John, I think the 14th, St. John, either chapter 14 or 15. You can look it up. If you can't find it, give me a shout. I'll point it out to you. But over here in Acts, uh, the fourth chapter and the tenth verse, be it known unto you all, Acts 4 and 10, uh, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, that this man stand before you whole. By the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. By the power that once he got up, Hallelujah, and sent his spirit back to us. Hallelujah, we can be used by him. Jesus says, the works that I do, he's talking to his disciples, he said, greater works than these shall you do. Hallelujah, not us. There's nothing magical in these hands. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Every Christian who is baptized in Jesus' name and has received his spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, is the disciple of Jesus. There's nothing special about us. We're just flesh and blood. We're just people, just like y'all, everybody. We're just people. Nothing magical or holy or mighty or glorified about. Man, we're stuck. Man, I got a bad back and I'm full of arthritis and I've got a metal hip over here on my left side and, and I've got a brain that only works at about half speed and, and I've got a crooked nose and bad teeth, you know. I mean, hey, you know, it's just me. But... It's the power of God that's in me, hallelujah, that God can use. And there's no, I'm no different from anybody else. The power of God will live in you and dwell in you and use you. <laughs> hallelujah. Acts 17, 32. Acts 23 and 6. Praise God. It's just a couple examples of they preach Jesus and the resurrection. Hallelujah. We're almost done here, guys. Obi told me we just got a couple minutes. Over here in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. Hallelujah. That's the promise of the Christian church, of the disciples of Christ, that he himself is going to come back. Acts 1 tells us that when he was going away in the clouds and the disciples were sitting there gazing at him. Hallelujah. I think it's about verse uh, 9 or 10. And the angel came down and just says, what are you men looking at? This same Jesus who you just watched go away into the clouds, 
he's coming again in like manner. Hallelujah. And he's not going to come all the way back to this earth then. I mean, he's going to come back to the earth in Revelation, the 19th chapter, at the Battle of Armageddon. Amen. And, and, and fix that problem. But here, he's just going to come in the clouds. And we that are followers of him, you're going to get up off. That is going to be changed. Hallelujah. He's going to take us up out of here. Over in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Hallelujah. In the 51st verse, 1 Corinthians 15 and 51. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, verse 52, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Because this old flesh and blood cannot inherit eternity. This old flesh and blood has to be changed. For this corruptible must, M-U-S-T, in verse 53, put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The resurrection of Christ. Man, that's what it's all about. That's what makes it worth it all. Living for Jesus. Loving Jesus. Knowing Him personally as your personal Savior. Believing on Him. Obeying Him. And knowing that that last day at the appointed time, we you living for Him. It don't matter if you've gone to sleep in the sleep of death. You've closed your eyes in that last old rattling gasp. Or you're still alive and walking around here in this earth. Praise God, there's going to be a change. God is coming and he's going to take, that's the promise of eternity. That's the promise of glory. He's going to take us up out of here. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 4, and I think it's verse 17, it said, or verse 18, it says, Comfort one another with these words. Guys, I know this was way too big subject for just one um, uh, broadcast, and I did my best, but I hope I planted a bit of a seed, hallelujah, and tell you there's a reason for you to hope and listen to God. I got a little poem here for you real quick. A little poem uh, was written um, several years ago. Did God give me? He said, oh, listen to the Spirit, that lovely, still, small voice. Please heed to the Master's call. He has given you the choice. Let your loving Savior guide you. He yearns to lead the way. Don't just blunder down life's journey. A path has already been paved. Oh, listen to the Spirit, the voice of Almighty God. And if it may seem to be behind you, just turn around. Don't continue to plod. Oh, listen to the Spirit. The devil has laid so many snares. Follow him who paid the way on Calvary, and you can always avoid that evil lair. Hallelujah. God loves you guys. God wants to help you, and he will help you. But listen to that spirit. 
The Bible said, In the day ye hear his voice, harden not your heart. Hallelujah. Love him. He already loves you. So just love him. Hallelujah. And serve him. And let's go to heaven. Let's go to heaven. Let's go to heaven together. <laughs> Hallelujah. It'll be worth it. Amen. Anything we can do down here, it'll be worth that trip. Praise God in Jesus' name. I, guys, I want to tell you one more time. Look right up there. If you want to ship me an email, um, you know, rev.tedtar at gmail.com. Right up there. Facebook, bit.ly forward slash Rev Ted Tar. My feed burner is bit.ly and Apostolic Outlook. If you ever want to catch one of the shows live, so you can, uh, and you, you can still email me. I mean, I, I figured out enough of that Facebook. I can check it and I'll try to answer any questions or, you know, give you a shout out if you, uh, um, uh, you know, you'd let me know who you are. I'll, I'll give you a holler. And uh, the live show is, uh, like I say, around 2 o'clock every Sunday afternoon is uh, on Twitch. It's twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics. Okay, twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics. Right up there. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, guys, thanks for your time. I know we're running a little long here. But um, let's close with our favorite scripture over in uh, the book of Psalms. Uh, the 19th chapter and the 14th verse. Psalms 19 and 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. <laughs> in Jesus' name, guys, I love you. I hope to see you soon. Bye now. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.